This is episode zero, Trash Talking with Eco Warriors. You're tuning in to Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, where women share inspiring stories about their careers in green business, sustainability, and conservation. Here's your host and founder of Trashy Beauty, Barbara Lee. Hey Eco Warriors, welcome to episode zero of Trash Talking with Eco Warriors. My name is Barbara, your host and founder of Eco Conscious Beauty Company Trashy Beauty, where we repurpose waste into beauty products and get you to rethink what you're throwing in the trash. Thank you for joining me as we chat on this series with female eco warriors from around the world. We learn about the journeys these women have been through and hear about their tips for living a more sustainable lifestyle. If you believe in our mission to inspire more sustainable action and achieve a zero waste planet, please take the time to rate, subscribe, and share this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in from. Your five-star ratings ensure that others can discover these great stories and it inspires more eco-warriors to action. If there's an eco-warrior you think has a story that would inspire others, please email me directly at barbara, B-A-R-B-A-R-A, at trashybeauty.com. You're tuning in with me from New York City. It's getting a little chilly here as we cool down for the winter. In this episode, I share my story of how I came to Star Trashy Beauty and this podcast. Going back to my roots, I was born in Hawaii, an island where ecological problems were a part of our daily life. There are lots of invasive species and near-extinct species. I remember a famous story of the snake problem they have in Hawaii. So snakes were introduced to get rid of rats, but the snakes had no natural predators, and so they became a problem. And then the government decided to introduce mongoose, who are a natural predator of snakes. However, there was a fatal flaw. Snakes are out during the day and mongoose are nocturnal. So the island was forced to deal with having both a snake and a mongoose problem. I don't actually know if the story is true. We do have snakes and mongooses, but it shows a fundamental flaw in the way we think about ecological problems. Growing up, my favorite book was The Lorax. I kind of lost this though on my way to academic excellence and professional accomplishments. After a meandering career where I completed my bachelor's in psychology at Northeastern University and worked at the legal nonprofit organization, I decided to take time off and pursue other interests before I went to law school. I moved to San Francisco. It was the middle of summer and I was freezing in Northern California after coming from Boston. And I ended up running a small family-owned Italian restaurant in Petrero Hill. I love the small farm movement in Northern California, and I love the compost bins that adorned all the street corners and all the apartments in San Francisco. There were hydrogen buses that drove down the street in Berkeley, and eating seasonal organic local produce was just a part of life. I loved it, but I was so broke. And so in 2014, I decided to leave San Francisco, and I moved to New Zealand on a whim. 
It was on a one-year holiday work visa, which, by the way, is free for U.S. citizens before, between the age of 18 and 30. If you want to go and live and work in New Zealand for a year, I highly recommend it. While I was in New Zealand, I learned about all these ecological issues that they faced on this island. Invasive species, the near extinction of their native species, and the increasing development on a small island with not a lot of space. It was so familiar to me. I realized that New Zealand is this beautiful and lush country and is known as being very green. But when I heard about the ecological issues that lured in the shadows and I met these near extinct beautiful birds like the kakapo, takahe, and kea, I couldn't help but wonder that my path towards law school was not where my time was best spent. So I returned from New Zealand and I decided that I would pursue a green career. But I wasn't sure how I wanted this to look, so I packed up my bags and I left to work on a conservation project in the Caribbean. On a tiny little island known as Bonaire, it's right next to Aruba and Curaçao, about 80 kilometers north of Venezuela. I spent two and a half months living in a research center, which means I was living in a concrete building with no screens, a composting toilet out in the middle of nowhere where we had to have water delivered to us because there was no water system and we ran on solar power. It was extremely hard work um, helping to rejuvenate the threatened yellow-shouldered Amazon population and also plant native trees. It really did not come naturally to me, but that experience sparked something in me that I knew I couldn't ignore. After Bonaire, I traveled for about a year and a half. I ended up living in the Galapagos, working on, alongside the indigenous people called the Quichua in the Amazon of Ecuador, working on organic farms in Colombia, and interning for a UN Red Plus carbon credit-backed conservation project near Savo East and West National Park, where I lived in a permanent tent and my neighbors were baboons. At this point in my career, I decided to apply for a Florida National Geographic Fellowship in Digital Storytelling. I did not get that fellowship, but I realized that I could make a difference by spreading the message of conservation, by moving people and telling them what was happening in parts of the world that they potentially would never visit. And then I got a call I never wanted to get. Um, a family member was ill and I needed to return home. So after two and a half years of traveling from New Zealand to Kenya, I finished up my work, packed up my bag, and returned home. There were a series of different opportunities, but one eventually led me to New York City. And that's where I find myself now, living in the city that never sleeps in a tiny apartment in Brooklyn, working at a startup tech company in Manhattan and trying to build my own business. And that's where you come in, Eco Warriors. After living amongst people who have literally nothing and subsisting on rice and beans every day, coming back to the United States was a jarring wake-up call for me. The amount of waste and trash produced in the U.S. on a daily basis is just alarming. 40% of food that is created in the U.S. will end up in landfill. The average U.S. family wastes $1,500 on food that will never be eaten, and New York City alone spends $400 million a year 
on waste removal. And 90% of that is organic matter that could be returned to our food system in the form of compost. To me, food waste isn't just harmful to the environment, it's rude. This brings me to here, to show the usefulness of things that we normally consider trash and, most importantly to me, figure out a way to inspire others to live more ecologically and more sustainably. It shouldn't be taboo to buy ugly fruit, compost in your home, or rescue food from the trash. I want you, dear listeners, to see that it is possible to live a more sustainable life, that you can pursue a green career even if you have no experience, and that we all can make a difference in our personal and professional lives. Get dirty with us once a week as we trash talk with eco-warriors from around the world. Thanks for talking dirty with us. Tune in next week for more trash talking with eco-warriors. For more inspiration, follow us on Instagram at Trashy Beauty Co.